0: Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. What a story that's going on in the world of hockey, but it's really the world of sports gambling. I want to get in the issue of Vander Kane being accused of some massive violations of sports betting policy. We're three years into legalized gambling around the country right now, even though the sports leagues have not really had a quote-unquote scandal. This may be one. We're looking at it with two people that are all into this, Dan Lust and Dan Wallach. They'll be on the pod in a minute. They're hosts of their own pod, and they get into this issue of NHL gambling. First, a word from DraftKings, our sponsor. The athletes have trained, trained more, trained more, qualified, and now they're in Tokyo. They're competing for gold. America's top-rated sportsbook app, DraftKings, has given you a shot to stand on the podium with them. That's right, 100 to 1 odds in the United States meddling at least once this year. Place any pre-event wager $1 dollar. eligible to win $100 in free credits if America wins any medal. That's hundred to one. American athlete stand on the podium, gold, silver, or bronze. I love DraftKings. It's easy to navigate. Friends and family have been loving it as well. I know you will. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code Ross, all caps R O S S. When you sign up, turn one dollar and a hundred dollars in free credits. If America wins a medal, that's code Ross. Turn one dollar into a hundred dollars in free credits. For limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Always great to have colleagues on my Business with Sports podcast that I trust, that I respect, that are in my world of sports law and sports business, but little deeper, a little more knowledgeable, and a little more versed in topics that I want to really get into. And I can't say enough about my two Dans here. Dan Wallach, who I've known forever in the sports gambling space, has really developed a niche there, does a great job. And Dan Lust, doing the same and being a nice resource for my students, for people in the sports law industry. And these guys have a great podcast of their own called Conduct Detrimental that I've been lucky to be a part of as well. So, Dan and Dan, welcome to the program. Good to have you. Uh, repeat visitors, both of you, I believe, on the Business of Sports podcast.
1: No, it's my um, debut, Andrew, so uh, <laughs> uh, it just seems like I'm ubiquitous, but no, this is my first uh, ever appearance uh, on, your, on your podcast, so thanks for inviting me.
2: We've uh, I've spoken to your uh, sports law class, uh, and I've uh, moderated a panel with you, Professor Brandt, but, uh, yeah, first time on the podcast. We'll say a long-time listener, first time actually being on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've had you guys in so many different venues or forums. I just assume one of them was the podcast. Um, okay, let's get into it. So I certainly follow the business of sports gambling, and I follow, I've follow. i talked often and tweeted often and talked on this podcast a lot about the new world we're in since May Fourteenth, two 2018, when the Supreme court really opened the floodgates for state sponsored gambling that we've seen sports betting around the country that Dan Wallach, you and I were following five years before it became legal. So here we are, it's kind of amazing to me guys. And before we even get into the actual Evander Kane story, are you surprised that this is really the first time in three years that we have sort of had this in team sports and maybe there's something else I missed where this allegation of whatever it is, fixed games, shaving points, shaving goals, that for the first time in three years since legalization, we're kind of seeing this. Uh, Yeah, let me know what your thoughts are when, when, when you sort of think, oh, wow, this has been around a long time and we were all worried about integrity and all that. But this is kind of the first thing we've dealt with, right?
1: Yeah, but players and gambling syndicates aren't stupid enough to do this in plain view through state licensed and state regulated sports books, maybe Josh Shaw in the National Football League. Right. Remember he was the player who went up to the betting window at Caesars and foolishly placed a bet on you know, on NFL game unwittingly he wasn 't manipulating any of the games, and he was suspended. but the true uh, insiders those that are attempting to manipulate. Uh, you know, sporting events or take advantage of situations you know, based on their insider knowledge, they're not betting on DraftKings or any, any state licensed sports book where there's report where there are reporting obligations and there are lists of prohibited betters. I mean something like that would be flagged in, you know, in two seconds, or at least it should. So this is a problem that predate or 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 a possibility that predates PASPA and we'll post date paspa as long as there are offshore sports books and websites and bookies where business can be t- con- conducted in secret and that's that's the reality of
2: the situation so i think just to to add right you know this isn't necessarily a new allegation in sports you know tim donaghy comes to mind 2007 right the boston college point shaving scandal way back when you want to go Even further back, you go to Pete Rose, and then you go all the way back to the Chicago Black Sox almost like 100 years ago. So these allegations have been out there. But Andrew, to your point, we've just started to hit a world in sports where these pro sports leagues are comfortable partnering with big gambling entities. We keep seeing it left and right. And, you know, just from a very high level, is it possible that the Pete Rose stuff kind of pushed these partnerships back between gambling entities and sports leagues back several decades? It's possible. But all we know now is as of 2021, I think pretty people are pretty comfortable in that space, having gambling partners. And you know, again, these are these are just allegations. Maybe it's a little surprising. That's the first time we have anything like this in this kind of new world since 2018. But, you know, Dan and I felt this was uh, you know bored enough to kind of cover this round the clock. These are some pretty loaded allegations. And I, I don't think uh, unlike really anything that those, you know, Boston College or Pete Rose or Black Sox, it's, it's a little bit different than all of them.
1: Yeah, it won't be the first, it won't be the last. This is really the unseemly side of of sports betting. So much of the focus in the state-by-state legalization of sports gambling has been on the economic upside, the tax revenues that would be generated for states, Mm -hmm. uh, the partnerships that would be generated uh, between uh, bookmaking companies and sports leagues, uh, operator revenues, keeping tax rates low enough to be able to compete with the illegal market. Uh, But one thing that is never gonna go away is the illegal market itself and the temptation by those on the inside uh, to, to take advantage of certain situations and use their insider knowledge either to to, to disseminate information to to gamblers to take take advantage or to engage in any kind of match manipulation themselves. Those types of incentives have been around for time immemorial. The uh, invalidation of PASPA, the legalization of sports betting will never act as an insurance policy against those situations surfacing time and again. We, We just may never learn about them because they operate within the black market and outside of of, of any kind of transparency.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of transparency, I should do full disclosure here. I did it before you guys came on in the intro, but we are sponsored by DraftKings. Uh, This podcast and so many others has DraftKings as its sponsor. So I just wanna give full disclosure to that as well. Okay, we've hinted around the details. I wanna give a quick overview, but Evander Kane, NHL hockey player, San Jose Sharks, accusations coming from his wife which i believe is his estranged wife uh about some serious serious uh, gambling allegations and i'll just sort of leave it at that and let you guys paint the picture a little deeper with some more texture so tell us the issue we're discussing right now with the nhl with evander kane of the san jose sharks
2: Here, dan, well, i think um this is this is probably why it's a good a good topic and i'm sure why you had us on dan wallach my fellow dan is the hockey and he's the betting guy, but uh, Dan Lust over here will say I'm kind of the Instagram guy. I saw this story early on on Saturday, uh, in this A Period Kane underscore account, unverified account, couple hundred followers, starts posting some pretty blasphemous things. Right, um, and we'll we'll get into it, but you know, just maybe a lesson in sports media, sports business. If it's an unverified account, wait, wait for somebody out there to to show that this account is legitimate. So I kind of stood by on the sidelines. I waited until the NHL PR account said. We are launching a full investigation into these allegations. So now what exactly are the allegations? Now, just kind of like a, a funny, uh, I don't know, just a new, new age thing, right? These are Instagram posts and Instagram stories. That's, that's where these allegations are coming from. And it came to her you know, point of saying that Evander Kane controls the press. So I'm going to put this news out here in, in the way that I know best on, on Instagram. So the allegations are, are really of two different uh, classes. There's the allegations on the one hand about sports betting. Now, um, Andrew, this I guess is a kind of an interesting part. I was getting notifications of these posts as they were coming out, so I would screenshot them. Some of them ended up being deleted and rephrased and revised, yeah. um, and then some would be left up and you know for, for indefinitely. So I was getting notifications on the one hand of, of like, "Hey." Um, there's an allegation that Evander came through games that he lost games on purpose. And then that was deleted. And then what was put up as one that he bet on his own games and you tagged the at NHL account, and you asked Gary Bettman, the commissioner to look into it. So that's kind of step one. Uh, you know, there's also kind of, I guess, in that realm, there's a uh, casino gambling for dummies book that she posted, you know, that he's having some involvement with, with the casinos that Dan can speak to. And then the other parts kind of the messier allegations on the family side. And Dan and I mentioned this on our show, Do I want to talk about a messy divorce, you know, maybe a a mistress or allegations that he's abandoned his kids? Not really, but we know that the NHL's investigation is going to look at the totality of these posts and they're going to say, what motivation would she have to lie, right? If the question at some point in a court of law, Andrew, is actual malice, right? If she's making these things up, the fact that she's going through it, you know, maybe, you know, Evander Kane refers to her as a soon-to-be ex-wife, seemingly looming divorce proceedings. This is all relevant. So Evander Kane, you know, the allegation is that, um, you know, he's abandoned his kids, that he's uh, having some affair with some other woman. These are all part and parcel of the Instagram post, the stories. Um, so that's really what's out there. And Evander and I'm sure we'll get into it, felt the need to respond to the allegations separately with statement one about the gambling and statement two about the family allegations. So loaded. And there's really certainly two elements to this. But, um, yeah, it's these are allegations that we just haven't seen like this before.
1: Yeah, well, I'd like to, you know, I guess add to that and uh, point out some late breaking news. I was just checking Anna Kane's Instagram account and uh, the materials that she had posted over the weekend have been deleted from her bio uh, and are are no longer visible. Because uh, one of the things that stood out to me is when you think about uh, their acrimonious divorce case, her entitlement to, you know, alimony and, 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 you know, marital property, you know, you know, distribution, everything basically rides on his future earning potential. He has one asset that is, that really can provide a a meaningful life child support, which is his annual salary. He's, he's in the midst, in the middle of a seven year contract that compensates him at, at, at a, at a rate of $7 million a year. What she's alleging, that he's gambling on San Jose Sharks games, and that he's somehow uh, tanking and, uh, you know, manipulating his performance. If those allegations are true, he will be banished from the National Hockey League. You cannot gamble on your own games. You cannot gamble on any NHL games. This is not a one year suspension material or six months or 20 games. This is lifetime banishment. And were that to happen, Uh, the remaining earnings on his contract would dissipate and she would be the one that bears the consequences of not having a sufficient pot of assets to distribute to the wife and to pay child support. And I know if I was her attorney, I would be instructing her, stop what you're doing, stop it right now. And uh, now on day three, her Instagram account, unless of course I'm a technological idiot and I I can't figure out where they are on Instagram, but what was visible earlier today is now no longer visible. And it's also notable that these are just allegations, Andrew, they're in the midst of a very, um, um, I use the word acrimonious, but if you've read the emails, Oh, the email from Evander Kane to his wife, he is a—he is not treating her very well, and this might be her way of evening the score, lashing out, getting even with him. But while she has attached documents, such as emails and, and promotional correspondence from, from tribal casinos in California, all of which are perfectly legal, she has not attached any documentation, any receipts, any phone records, any indicia of gambling on sports. Whereas in in some of her other emails, she has been very quick to attach correspondence from Evander Kane or literature from California casinos. So I think at this juncture, in the absence of any any additional proof, we're not anywhere near the substantial evidence standard that the National Hockey League would require in order to discipline him for off-ice conduct.
0: Don't we have... Don't let me just follow up Dan L. Don't we have more than a potential estranged, unhappy, angry wife? Because there's some gambling debt issues in the past. There's records in casinos. This does not seem totally out of the blue because of what we have in the past. So so give us a little background before this blow this blew out of out of proportion on Saturday morning.
2: So yeah, that's that's where I th- think this is why the story has some meat, right? It's not just Joe Schmoe is being accused of throwing games. It's Evander Kane, who very publicly filed for bankruptcy earlier this year and had to acknowledge $1.5 million in gambling losses. Wow! So it, it's, it's an admission he had to make. And you go through his litigation history. Dan, Dan and I went through it, and I'll, I'll save that for Dan. But he's been sued by you know resorts for, for gambling fees. He's been sued by banks. You know, he's got a very lengthy litigation history, financial history and gambling history. So it's not like you're making these allegations up in, in a vacuum. You have to talk about the totality of his events. So that's why. And, and Dan, I just wanted to make sure we have it. I mean, Dan, uh, Dan, we'll say Dan is the king of, uh, of Twitter for our podcast. But uh, I think I have the Instagram out instagram stories dan uh fun fact you yeah. some breaking news here they will delete automatically after 24 hours so <laughs> some of them have gone but i want to give you credit for something i was watching the feed religiously because i have no life that's all i was doing um the stories would be posted i would take a screenshot of them and then within that 24 hour period she would remove them so here's the, the big one andrew and this is again to the totality of events there was a period of time where a story should have or story was posted that um, tagged uh, an alleged mistress of Evander Kane, someone who is a social media influencer. We're not going to mention her name here. People can look it up and said, how does it feel to be with my husband and all this other stuff? That story was taken down, right? Uh, another one, a video of this social media influencer uh, of the alleged mistress was posted on uh, the wife, Anna Kane. She goes, is that, you know, the makeup that I found in my car? Loaded, complete bombshells, but those were posted and then taken down. So to Dan Wallett's point that he just made, maybe at the advice of counsel, right? I'm not sure why, but they were taken down. Do you know what remained up for the full 24 hours? The gambling allegations.
0: Mm, Interesting.
2: The Indian casino. That somebody told her, hey, it's okay to keep that portion up. But I think that's very important. She posted and removed more blasphemous things, but she kept, while we're talking about this today, the Pete Rose, the Black Sox, that element remained up for the full duration.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the casino gambling aspect of it. It really raises... Two separate issues. Number one, which is inquiry notice by the National Hockey League. Yeah. The league is responding and commencing an investigation based upon an Instagram post from a, uh, you know, a disgruntled or not, not from, 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 a, from a wife who's about to become an ex-wife. When the league had noticed two years ago that, that Evanda Kane had a serious gambling problem, uh, so serious that the cosmopolitan, uh, you know, hotel casino on the Las Vegas Strip sued him uh, for unpaid markers in the amount of five hundred thousand dollars based upon gambling he did during the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs when the Sharks were playing in Las Vegas. But if, wow. if that's not enough, two years later he filed for bankruptcy, listing the, listing debts that were just you know astronomical relative to his assets and including the disclosure that he suffered a million and a half dollars in gambling losses. Those two events, and then layered on top of that, he is a defendant in 13 separate lawsuits filed in federal court. And I checked the PACER docket um, a day or two ago to confirm that many of those are adversary proceedings brought through the bankruptcy court process, but nonetheless, they're indicative of a player who's in serious debt. Who's been sued by casinos and has a gambling problem? If that isn't enough to place the NHL on inquiry notice going back to earlier this year, if not 2019, I don't know what is. And this is not a chronic problem uh, that is replete throughout every NHL organization. He is probably the only NHL player that has a problem to this degree and magnitude. So I wonder why the NHL, or what the NHL has been doing, if anything, Since 2019, to take a closer look at his gambling habit, his financial distress, and whether there's any potential or anything to connect him to sports wagering or any type of match fixing. The leagues need to be proactive here and not wait for these kinds of disclosures long after the fact. This is something that was at least investigatable, if that's even a word, going back to 2019, yet it doesn't appear that the league did anything. And then on the Flip side, having a, a propensity to gamble in casinos is not anything that is prohibited by the collective bargaining agreement. Players are not restricted from going into casinos and wagering on, on casino-style games such as baccarat, slot machines, house bank card games. There's nothing in, in inherently wrong with engaging in that, in that activity. So he was engaging in lawful activity. It's when it rises to the level of addiction, going deep into debt, filing for bankruptcy, having the kind of financial calamity that places a player in a very vulnerable position with regard to his creditors and potentially trying to dig out of that hole by using his position as a hockey player, his knowledge of the game, his knowledge of the team, and his ability to impact the outcome to potentially uh, level his financial playing field, so to speak.
0: Well, so is the NHL now investigating beyond the statement on Instagram in response you know, to, like, like Dan L said, the, the response to these unverified posts over the weekend? And if so, let's bring it up to date. We've had Evander Kane do some, some denial posts, right? And that's where we are. We He's done the denial posts, but I don't even know this. Is he playing? And obviously we don't have the season going on, but is he under any kind of, to use NFL language, commissioner exempt list? Is something going on where he's off ice until this is resolved? Mm-hmm. What's the investigation going to be like? We know NFL investigations take forever, uh, although we haven't had one in this area except for Josh Shaw, which is pretty minor. Uh, so where are we going now? Where 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 do we look to for this to eventually resolve? Section so, just, 18. Go ahead,
2: people, Dan. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I just, you know, just to point out, right, there's, there's the two angles of this. There's what the investigation is going to entail, right, what a full investigation entails, and then what the NHL could do in the CBA, which I know Dan can speak fluently to. So here's the interesting thing, right, this just for the hockey fans that are listening to this. Evander Kane, if you just look at the back of his baseball cards, that's right, hockey stats, they look pretty consistent year over year. You can't really notice anything. Um, does that by himself show his, uh, his innocence? I'm sure, NH- I'm sure the NHL's part of the investigation is going to go through games, right, and see if there's anything that outlies. Um, Andrew and Dan, I know you know the story. Shoeless Joe Jackson had some fantastic statistics during the Chicago Black Sox scandal. He was still brought into it, right? It didn't apparently matter to Major League Baseball back then. Now, if you look at the San Jose Sharks, their team performance is why, again, there might be a little more smoke to this than there otherwise would be. It's not like the San Jose Sharks just rose the Stanley Cup, right? Then the allegations would make no sense. The San Jose Sharks have, are coming off of two relatively poor seasons. Um, and Dan mentioned it, right? The NHL has known for the last two years about these gambling debts. So he's had the Sharks haven't been that good for two years. They've known about gambling debts for two years. So, again, there there is some other things that, that align here. Now, from an investigatory perspective, I think what you have to do, and Dan and I have parked on this you know, uh, on social, wherever we can, the, the investigation begins and ends with Anna Kane right if she had documentary evidence if she had some phone calls right some Watergate some tapes of some sort you would think those would have been put out there already now if Anna Kane uh, if some lawyer has chirped in her ear and said hey you probably should stop speaking right because this seven million dollar contract the year that Evander Kane's getting paid that's that's the gravy train right you're about to go into a divorce proceedings that's the most you know valuable part of this estate Maybe you should stop saying these allegations because that might you might lose that seven million annual salary for your kids, for your house, for whatever else. So Anna Kane's the one that brought it up. We have not seen anything else. So, you know, while she is ready, as, as the kids say, while she's ready to spill the tea. I think the NHL has got to be going to speaking with her immediately. Obviously, there's other people to speak to. You could try, try to do a financial accounting, a forensic accounting of that $1.5 million in gambling losses and trying to tie that to specific casinos, specific events, specific dates, like I'm sure like, the bankruptcy trustee is, is trying to do. But to Dan's point, the NHL has known about this for two years, and we don't have any indication that they did that accounting to add yourself up to 1.5. So if you cannot do that, if you cannot get to 1.5 from legitimate casino gambling debts, that's a big issue. And you know the NHL, they'd love to put a bow on this. At the end of the report, you know, just like the Mitchell report we saw once upon a time with Major League Baseball. Here We did a full investigation, and we found no evidence. Those are the type of things. They're going to need to look at every game, every tape, just like the, the, the uh, trash-banging scandal over in baseball. This is a fully loaded element. And I know Dan has the CBA stuff, but this is a, a full, all-hands-on-deck scenario right now for the NHL.
1: I just filled up my note page with a lot of random thoughts. Uh, as far as the ability of Evanda Kane to impact the outcome of the Sharks games, you have to remember the way the you know, NHL uh, you know, games are played during the regular season. Most teams roll out four lines, and even the premier players uh, generally play, unless you're a top four defenseman, the, the, the wingers even on the top line or two are pretty much capped at 20 minutes. Um, so I don't think one player has the ability
2: that was my
1: to, question yeah to 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 greatly impact the game like a goaltender does or a, or a pitcher relief pitcher tennis player uh mixed martial artist uh if he was doing anything to alter his performance you certainly wouldn't know it from his wikipedia page which is replete with the kind of statistical performance which puts him you know not in a hall of fame caliber but among among the most, uh, the highest performing uh, power wingers and, and forwards in the game of hockey, his performance has not ebbed. Of course, you can you can spot you you can you can have moments where you alter your performance. But let's face it, the kind of action that would have to move the needle to throw a game, someone like Evander Kane would not be in the position by himself without a conspiracy of cohorts to be able to pull that off can he can he play back on his uh, opposing left winger give the left winger a little bit more room and, and 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 let the guy come in and take a shot at the goalie we're talking about highly speculative and not the most plausible scenario but this is not only about match fixing it could also involve inside information knowledge about in player injuries not only on his team but on the opposing team deployment of personnel but hockey is not the kind of uh, sport which generates the betting handle that the national football league nba and major league baseball generate even in the illegal market and this undoubtedly if it occurred at all uh was offshore if he was betting uh the kind of money that would have to move the needle um or a syndicate was, this would be spotted. And, and the action, I'm not sure that uh, the offshore books would even take that action on a on a on a consistent basis. So there are a lot of holes and a lot of unanswered questions, but one power that Commissioner Bettman does possess at the outset of the case is under the collective bargaining agreement, the uh, commissioner's discipline or disciplinary authority for off-ice conduct has a lot of parallels to Commissioner Goodell's disciplinary powers under Article 46 of the NFL CBA. And just like Commissioner Goodell has the power to shelve a player on on paid leave, so too does Commissioner Bettman have the power to levy an immediate interim suspension. Pending the outcome of the investigation, so even though we 're two months away from the commencement of the regular season, this does not seem like the type of, of investigation that would take only a few weeks. It might take months to complete and, uh, and and Commissioner Bettman does have the authority to suspend Evander Kane temporarily, even without a finding that he committed the conduct in question but unlike the NFL CBA, in my opinion, which was so poorly negotiated, and Andrew, I know you're going to smile, yeah. but if you really want to see uh, the 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 difference in negotiating savvy, uh, the, the the finding or the standard of proof for off ice discipline under the uh, under the NHL CBA is substantial evidence and not unreasonable under the facts and circumstances. Under the NFL CBA, it's any credible evidence. Yeah. There is such a wide gulf between those two standards, and it does uh, kind of kind of really showcase the difference in the in the in the you know the strength of Donald Fear, who's the NHL bar NHLPA bargaining, you know, director, versus Demari Smith. And that's one area where the NHL system has, in my view, more you know, equity and fairness built into the investigative process. Moreover. Evander Kane's representatives and the NHLPA will be able to participate in witness interviews, and that means cross-examination and confronting one's accuser. That ability is completely missing in the National Football League uh, disciplinary system. So there are some protections built in for Evander Kane, and I would suggest that a wife's accusation not backed up by evidence is a long way away from meeting that substantial evidence threshold. Of course, this is going to be a document case. And Evander Kane is under the jurisdiction of the National Hockey League, which means he'll have to turn over his phone records, his bank records, his tax returns, all of his financial records are going to be fair game for the NHL. Uh, And they they are probably already under the jurisdiction of the bankruptcy trustee. So maybe the bankruptcy case uh, may shed a lot of light on Evander Kane's financial affairs, and certainly Commissioner Bettman will have uh, access to that type of material. And if he's wagering uh, with Bovada or using some kind of illegal website or or not non-permitted, non-licensed website, his phone, his computer, uh, bank transfers that will that will shed tremendous light on the on the allegations in question. So it's basically the do, this is a document case, not a he said she said case as we see in a lot of the domestic violence disciplinary cases involving NFL players.
0: It is a, it is like you just said Dan, it's documents not he said she said. But as Dan L mentioned, the key witness in this case is the wife. Now, was the estrangement of the of the marriage before whatever was going on with Evander Kane and potential allegations of gambling. Was there conversations about it? Was there pillow talk about it? Was there, well, does she know more than anyone? And is it all going to be, I guess my question is, is anything she says going to be couched in this antagonistic divorce proceeding that's ahead of her? Even despite the losses she's going to have by by a divorce if this goes through, um, and I'll ask it this way to maybe each of you: if you were representing her, not him, her, what would you be doing? Would you be submitting to an NHL investigation? Would you be not letting her talk? Uh, figuring out the divorce side. How does that? How would you handle that?
2: So I guess I guess a couple things, right? I think. First and foremost, I, I don't think they're I mean I think they' technically they're legally married right now uh, yeah. It's student to be an ex-wife is the phrasing by Evander Kane. Um, if you read the email which Dan and I I think I think started this whole nest so there's an email from uh, Evander Kane in 1123 that was posted to Instagram uh, via apparently sent via Google and was talking about hey can you leave the house the realtor needs to show it can you leave my keys in the car So there seemingly is some you know unwinding of assets going on behind the scenes. So it seems to be right some type of uh, legal mechanism at, at work here, you think. Now, if you were if you're her attorney, to Dan Wallach's point, there must I mean, again, this is just us looking from afar. I am going to say that there was no attorney that was in her ear for about a 24 hour period from the middle of the day on Saturday to early in the day on Sunday. Because not only did she have these allegations, she was responding in real time to. New stories coming out about the allegations and Evander Kane's response. So I think there was another chain of allegations that was set off by him referring to her as the soon-to-be ex-wife in his statement. So mm-hmm. if I'm her attorney, Dan Wallach has mentioned this earlier. I mean, what do you have to gain from continuing to blow this up, right? right. There's some financial incentives, but there's also the incentive where you get your pint of blood. If you ask me which one it is, it doesn't make sense that it's the financial incentive, right? It makes sense that you're doing this for, for your pint of blood. And while, uh, Dan and I had a really fun debate, and Andrew, I know your guests will appreciate this, looking at the Deshaun Watson side and just kind of comparing the two. Mm-hmm. You have a credible evidence standard in the NFL, and you have a substantial evidence standard in the NHL. Now, Deshaun Watson has not been disciplined yet by the, by the NFL, even though the standard is credible evidence. Now, why is that potentially? Because the people that are bringing these claims against Deshaun Watson, just the way the mechanics work of, of these civil cases, they stand to gain financially by bringing these cases. So maybe that's a reason why the NFL is taking this a little bit slow, because the accusers, if they bring a claim, they might they might get some type of payday. The exact opposite is true for this Evander Kane situation. By mm. right, right? bringing these allegations, Anna Kane actually stands to lose financially because the value of the estate, the value the value of the marital assets, will sink. So. I, I actually think it makes her her more credible witness. And I know Dan and I might disagree in it a little bit, but she loses financially by bringing these up. She loses financially by leaving these on Instagram for the full 24 hours and by deleting the other one. So to me, I, if I'm advising her, I'd say to bring to take it down. But if, if you're just, uh, you know, we have clients, Andrew, you know, my firm, that want their pint of blood. They don't care about the money. And uh, yeah. if I'm advising her for the pint of blood purposes, l- let it fly, right? Spill the tea.
0: Yeah, I well, mean, this is- let me just say to me what makes her. We you, we talked about this. What makes her allegations credible is the litigation history that Dan talked about. To me, like, I and mean, we can all talk about he said, she said, and estranged wife, and full, and getting back the mistress or whatever it may be. But there's a history here of gambling debts, so. To me, that's what makes it credible, not the whole personal side of it. Dan?
1: You know, it, it, it's a quantum leap to go from playing the slot machines and roulette wheels and losing money at cards yeah. to fixing sporting yeah. events. That's that's like going from zero to 120. Uh, they are not, How about not one and the same, and you cannot infer the second from the first. It's worthy of inquiry, but it certainly does not – bolster her credibility surrounding allegations that are, you know, uh, so far forward of lawful card playing, right? She's throwing a lot of bombs out there about card counting, fixing sporting events, uh, but she has been unhesitant about posting uh, emails and and letters from casinos. Uh, Her allegations concerning match fixing while titillating are not backed or supported by one iota of evidence, such as a screenshot of a phone or or going onto his computer and, and taking a screenshot of his you know bovada account. Nothing. So unless mm. and until she comes forward with the type of information that matches some of the other information she's put out there on Instagram, which involve lawful casino gambling, I'm not ready to um, you know have an equivalence between lawful casino gambling and bad casino gambling and gambling on your own team and manipulating your own performance. Those are, in two, th- th- those are light years away from each other, even if they're in the same general category. And, and, and I, I would like to say that she's treading on very dangerous territory here in that the allegations that she's made and bombs that she's thrown concern criminal activity. So mm. she's gotta be very careful not to leverage or be seen as leveraging uh, the use of of, of, of of threatening to expose criminal behavior to gain a financial benefit in her divorce case that's that's against the law you can't use uh, the threat of criminal prosecution for civil advantage. Uh, that will get a lawyer disparred, And I am sure that her law- if she has a lawyer, he's been on the phone with her saying, stop what you're doing. It's counterproductive to your ultimate recovery and could place you in a situation where you're a defendant in a
0: libel case and could potentially subject me and you to sanctions. But, but devil's advocate, Dan Wallach, you think she just got up in the morning and had a bad night. Maybe some fighting with her husband or ex, whatever his his status is. And
1: did you, did you read that email?
0: Deciding, telling her to you
1: know leave the leave the house. She's he's not giving her any money. She's complaining that she has no money for formula, uh, no money to take care of the baby. Uh, this guy Van der Hol- Evander Kane. I think we can all agree has not comported himself as a gentleman, and he might be a little bit of a jerk or at least a giant jerk. But his actions and his words have set her off. And uh, this might be she might be lashing out to try to, you know, you know, even the score or get back at him. Uh, I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't assign any credibility to her, her allegations other than the fact that because they're married, her allegations are worthy of further investigation, but they're not worthy of according the benefit of the doubt to just yet. But certainly the National Hockey League should and will investigate based upon the allegations of a wife. But uh, I don't think we can we can decide who's right or who's wrong here and who's telling the truth. There's more that we don't know than what we do know. And, and three or four Instagram screenshots or posts tell very little of the story of what's going on here. And I think we need to know a lot more before we decide whether her allegations have any credibility. Okay. So
2: I, Dan? Can I just, just quickly. Um, you know, Dan, you mentioned you, you can't threaten someone with allegations in order to gain an edge in litigation, right? That's, that's just horrible. It's punish, punishable. But in the history of, I don't know, men cheating on women... When husband and spouse breaking up, when you throw husband's clothes out the window or your key is car, that has nothing to do with litigation. So sometimes you just air the dirty laundry because you're upset. It doesn't have anything to do with litigation. That's why I'm talking about this pine of blood. If her goal here is just to muddy the waters and make her husband look bad, you could do it in a, in a ton of ways, right? Betting on games is one of them. It doesn't have to be for an edge in litigation and just to kind of. You know, this. you and I have spoken. This doesn't help her divorce case. No. It actually hurts her divorce case. So there's no edge. In, and, Dan, just to kind of come back, you know, we, we looked at the NHL CBA, and the only thing it really says explicitly on gambling, it says gambling on any NHL game is prohibited. So this is not necessarily what, what's, uh, we'll say, quote, unquote, illegal here. Is like, hey, he fixed games. He threw games. Last yeah. I checked, I've been to my chair my of Kinoza in my life. Sometimes oh, I won't have the best night at the poker table or the blackjack table and I'll walk about 20 steps and I'll go to the sports book. So they're not necessarily light years apart. If you at a casino and the allegation, again, according to Instagram is that on off days when he wasn't playing in the NHL, he'd go to casinos. The sports book ge- geographically is within a couple, within walking steps. So I don't, I don't think they're necessarily light years apart. I think there's a nexus where this somehow kind of makes sense again, can we buy that just from her Instagram post? No, but certainly worthy of a full, complete, and a no stone unturned investigation. Match fixers aren't going to
1: state licensed sports books, nor are there uh, conspirators laying down bets at state licensed sports books on NHL games, which would, you know, if there was $20,000 bet on a San Jose Sharks game, I would imagine. That that would attract scrutiny uh, from from the operator. You know, why is somebody betting twenty thousand dollars on a regular season NHL game? It's not quite of the of the of the you know level of a National Football League game, and it doesn't generate that kind of uh, you know action. Now it goes, you know, Gary Bettman. You know, this this case and and, and this saga, you know, may be a, a test of Gary Bettman's statement from I think it was about five or six years ago when he said the NHL doesn't have a serious gambling problem. We don't have the kind of betting uh, on our games that the at the NBA or NFL has, and it, you know, Bettman has been uh, dismissive of the notion that there would be any type of serious integrity problem in the association between the NHL and legalized sports wagering. He dismissed it, and I, I think the league was one of the, it. Might have been the first league to do sports betting partnerships. Right. So. This uh, saga, as it unfolds, uh, could be a challenge to that assertion, uh, but this, won't be, this is certainly not the first time that an athlete has ever been suspected of betting on his own games, and it will not be the last. The real question going forward is, what are we going to do about this? Right. How can this be policed? How can this be effectively uh, uncovered and discovered at the earliest possible time so that, the, so that it does not become uh, you know, three, four years after the fact that we learn about this, that the betting activity that takes place in real time can trigger red flags so that we can, we can isolate and, 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 and look at this kind of betting activity uh, and maybe uh, deal with it in real time as opposed to years after the fact.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this is fascinating. And I want to sort of bring this into a landing here. And maybe that's where we'll do this, as Dan W. just mentioned. Um, you know, Dan Ells mentioned the 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 Black Sox scandal and mentioned Pete Rose and, and of course, the Astros a couple of years ago. Are we thinking this is going to be on those levels? I mean, are we thinking this is going to sort of die off? They'll patch up their marriage or they'll get divorced. We won't hear from this again. So I guess I'm asking as we close here with you guys, this fascinating conversation. Where is this going to go? And what's your prediction on timeline from now until the season or into the season, which is October, November? Dan o? So, I,
2: yeah, I, I think, you know, you got to look at this practically.
0: Um, you know, we're all lawyers. We know
2: what the burden of proof is in the court of law. There's a separate court that we all are equally familiar with, the court of public opinion. Court of law, you know, this divorce is going to be handled behind closed doors. We're not going to hear that much about it. Now, um, I, I, you know, I posed the question uh, to friends and I posed it on social media. I'm not sure what could be done to effectively instill the public confidence that nothing occurred here. So, the the one that comes to mind is the Tim Donaghy scandal over in the NBA with the ref that was uh, alleging. I think it came out that he actually was uh, betting on the games and providing inside information. People still to this day, and I have people in my replies that are maybe have their tinfoil hats on, but they're convinced that he was not a rogue actor. And just from the Tim Donaghy thing, they say, "What about this game, right? What about the time when the, they ejected, uh, you know, the, the free throws?" And they're they're saying this: We don't know how far this thing goes. There was no way for the NBA to show that Tim Donaghy was a rogue actor, other than him them conducting an investigation, which the NHL is about to do, and concluding that he was a rogue actor. Now, I, that's my prediction. I think the NHL is going to come out. They're going to do their due diligence, and they're going to come out and say there was no merit to these claims, um, or, which I don't think they're going to do, if Vander Kane was, was a rogue actor. Whatever they come out, either A, there's no evidence, or B, he's a rogue actor, it's not going to stop NHL fans from saying, hey, what about this game? What about that game? What about this? If it's one guy, what's not to say that everything else is out there? So court of court of law... I don't know you, know, you know, Anna Kane's got to prove her allegations, right? I mean, there's no actual court that's, that's going to be adjudicating this. But it's always on the accuser to to establish this. To Dan Wallace's point, I'm not sure she has the proof. But just by throwing the bomb out there, I don't know how Evander Kane's legal team cleans this up effectively. Yeah. Short of Anna Kane coming in and saying, I made this whole thing up, I'm not sure how you do it. I'm not sure how you clean this up and instill confidence back in, in all NHL games. I'm not sure how you do that.
1: Well, again, it goes back uh, to my statement of, uh, you know, a few minutes earlier about the NHL not being at the level of the, of the NBA, NFL or Major League Baseball in terms of betting handle. And, and, and clearly any kind of uh, outsized bet on a San Jose Sharks regular season game or playoff game would would generate the kind of scrutiny. That, you know, m- most bookmakers probably wouldn't take that kind of action. So uh, I'm 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 skeptical. of the of the magnitude of these allegations but even if they're true to a lower magnitude this could be a real and i'm going to steal an andrew brandt expression here this is a this is this could be a real inflection point in the post paspa era in that for the first three years after the supreme court ruled uh see i've been studying you andrew i i I notice all your different you know turns of phrase and favorite words and i love inflection point that the focus for three years has been on the economic upside of sports gambling and uh, how everybody's going to monetize this and not enough attention i think has been paid to safeguarding sport integrity and again if if athletes are going to um, operate in the offshore market there isn't a damn thing we're going to be able to do about it because the monitoring that takes place in illegal and offshore websites is basically limited to looking at the the betting line movements rather than the individual transactional activity. But as more and more betting takes place in legal and regulated markets, we have a chance to build an integrity platform here, which I think would be dependent and should emphasize uh, sharing of information, mandatory reporting of, of transactional data. I think the regulators, the leagues, uh, the the key stakeholders need to have access in real time to the wagering data on an anonymized basis that might be able to ferret out this kind of activity. So, you know, we can all debate what's the best system for having a nationalized integrity platform. Is it a federal regulatory scheme? Is it uh, a federal mandate that there be some type of, of, you know, nationalized uh, portal where all this information is, is warehoused and analyzed. Uh, But this is a conversation that states really need to be having in a meaningful way, rather than allowing uh, private industry lobbyists to write the rules for sports betting legalization. This is, this has to be a major point of emphasis in state legislation and state regulation going forward. We, We may not be able to catch the, the offshore, uh, you know, betting scheme and the offshore match fixing. But as more and more of it becomes online and legal and transparent, I think we need to to, to take steps to create the type of reporting and information sharing structure that could at least provide the consuming public uh, some, you know, some appearance that there's real progress made in being able to analyze and understand who's betting on what to be able to alert the appropriate authorities when something is amiss or there's some unusual transaction. I know it might be aspirational, but I think to date most of the state laws that have addressed integrity have done so in a very superficial way.
2: And to steal one more Andrew Brandtism, there will be lawyers. Always <laughs> or to, steal,
1: to steal a Gabe Feldman uh, expression. This is my favorite one of the last week. Uh, is there a, uh,
0: I think it might be more appropriate to say when there won't be lawyers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's a, a, a fitting end to a conversation with three lawyers. <laughs> it's like you uh,
1: scripted this out, Andrew.
0: I know. It's all like we just wrote it out. This has been great. Uh, and I'm going to have you guys back if and when we have a resolution on this. It's a fascinating point, and I hadn't even thought of it in my term, which Dan talked about, which is it is an inflection point. And it's coming from hockey that, as we talked about, doesn't get the attention of the NBA or certainly the NFL, which I cover the most. But it's a big, it's a big story that came out of an Instagram, as Dan Lust is spending his Saturday morning <laughs> watching this. Uh, I think it's fascinating. Uh, this has been great. Dan Lust, Dan Wallach, the host of Conduct Detrimental, another great podcast that you all should be listening to in addition to the business of sports. Thanks for being with me. And uh, you guys are great. I'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you for having us on, Andrew. It was was definitely a lot of fun.
0: Thanks, Andrew. Really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dan and Dan. They're all in this issue of gambling in the NHL, the Evander Kane story from what happened Saturday morning, all the way to legalities and the NHL's uh, policy and building a case much different than what we talk about in the NFL. Great podcast with Dan Lust and Dan Wallach. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports. If you're not already, get my newsletter. Sign up at andrew brandtcom Comes out every Sunday morning for your inbox. You know me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt, Instagram Andrew Brandt Two, Clubhouse ADB719, and I will be offering a webinar. The link is coming soon, but keep open Tuesday night, August 17th. I'm going to have a webinar as people go back to school. How about how to get into sports? Follow us on Apple Podcast rankings and comments are appreciated. Thanks to my producer, Brian Neal, my musical producer, the music you hear under us from Sam Brandt. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.